You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. On today's show, we're going to preview the Braves and Nationals series, and we're also going to look at the Nationals' month of May and what happened over the course of the month, kind of what's led them to being where they are right now. So kind of a holistic look at where the Nationals are as they uh, sit on Memorial Day and as they head in to this series with the Atlanta Braves. All right, let's get to it on today's show. So the Nationals are going to face the Braves now in a three-game set. Uh, this one's going to be in Atlanta. It starts what will be an eight-game road trip for the Washington, actually a nine-game road trip for the Washington Nationals because they've got four with Atlanta, three in Philadelphia, and then two in Tampa. So they're going to be on the road the next nine games, May 31st through June 9th will be the road trip. So they'll be on there for the next 10 days before they return home for will be, will be a lengthy homestand. So this is how the series sets up. You guys know how we do the series preview here. Previews here will give you guys the times of the games, the pitching matchups, etc. So your game times on Monday, which is today, 5-10. Tuesday and Wednesday's games will begin both at 7-20, 7-20 Tuesday, 7-20 Eastern time on Wednesday as well. Then on Thursday, you get a 12-20 start, so a day game. Uh, it is obviously a getaway game for the Nats, getaway day, because they will be playing that game and then going to Philadelphia that day uh, for their series over the course of the weekend. So that's how it shapes up. Now, the pitching matchups. Here's how it looks right now. Joe Ross versus Charlie Morton going tonight. Steven Strasburg against Max Fried in Game 2. I think it's going to be Eric Fetty in Game 3 against um, Eric Fetty in Game 3 against Drew Smiley. Now, normally, if the Nationals had a standard weekend, it would have been a situation where we would have seen the National or Patrick Corbin go Friday night, and then he would be well in line to pitch this game on Wednesday. But because of the rainout, Corbin then pitched the first game on Saturday, which, and obviously I don't think they'd go Saturday, Wednesday with him. There's just no point in, in doing that. Uh, the good news, and this is coming from CBS Sports and Rotowire, is that the Nationals' Eric Fetty is likely to return start Wednesday. It says the Nationals are expected to activate Fetty illness from the COVID-19 injured list to start Wednesday's game in Atlanta. Mark Zuckerman of Masson Sports reports, Fetty likely won't have a full-time spot in the rotation available now that he's poised to return from the IL, but the Nationals will need additional starter this week, coming off of a doubleheader against the Brewers on Saturday, Fetty, who tossed 65 uh, four, four innings to be late a game on Saturday, looks like a top candidate to fill the void since he would be pitching on three days rest. The standard four, Fetty's workload could be more restricted than normal if he does, in fact, take the hill on Wednesday. So here's what I'd say about that. I think you're going to see Eric Fetty. I think you're going to see Austin Voth. I think you're going to see maybe Paulo Espino involved in that mix on Wednesday. Those are all guys who at some point this year, uh, well, Fetty and Espino have both started games, but Austin Voth obviously has been brought in in several situations to be a long guy to help eat some innings in a situation like they were facing on Wednesday. And uh, a big, you know, big talking point, Max Raymond and I from District on Deck, he and I discussed this when he was on last week, the idea that Eric Fetty has been pitching well lately, and we're going to get to this in a little while too, um, and so I think they need to keep working him because he has been a bright spot for them. And I think that, 
you know, he can't replace Lester, he can't replace Corbin, but, and I know his performances haven't been excellent, but he's a guy that need to continue getting work because he is somebody that in a pinch or somebody gets injured, which is often, you know, it happens. That's the guy who makes the start, right? He is the guy who's going to fill, and he's been reliable in that respect. COVID's a bit, it's just, you know, this is unlucky. This is not like, you know, breaking your arm or, or getting a lat strain, whatever it is. This is unlucky. And for Fetty, he seems like it was something that didn't really affect him that much. I think he was vaccinated, to my knowledge. I think he was vaccinated. So it wasn't that bad, but still positive test, a positive test. And so I don't think it affected him that much. Um, and so, I, you know, because I remember him being frustrated at the beginning of this. So I'm curious to see, but I really do think he gets that start on Wednesday. That's definitely the place to put him in uh, with kind of the weird place the rotation's in, you know, but uh, he is going to get a, a good look. And I'm curious to see past Wednesday what the plan is for him because he is somebody that has been solid for that so far this season um, in that starter role. And once again, I think he deserves a lot of credit for stepping up and pitching in a spot where we did not think he would be. Uh, so uh, Eric Fetty versus Drew Smiley, the potential matchup on Wednesday. That's kind of what we're going with right now. Uh, Patrick Corbin and Ian Anderson both take the bump on uh, on the Thursday games. That's how things set up from that perspective. All right, so, we'll, so we set that part up. Now I want to get into a little bit about the Braves before we talk national stuff. Um, but first, let's take a break and, and hear a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you guys by Sports Trade. I'm sure you guys have heard Sports Trade is this really cool, or you haven't heard, Sports Trade is a very cool um, new website that kind of merges fantasy sports with the stock market. It's a really cool idea. Making money with sports trade is as simple as ever as players' values rising and falling based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. Then two, uh, the good old supply and demand method. I mean, you know, if you have a player like Juan Soto, people want him more. So it's going to cost more to get a player like a Juan Soto um, and that's, you know, also if, you know, if he's performing above or hell, even Juan Soto could be a bit cheaper right now because he has not performed up to expectations right now. So that's kind of, uh, really interesting the way, you know, it's very much market-based and performance-based. So when you're ready to buy shares, you pick the penny stock, like a rookie, with a huge upside, maybe a Luis Garcia or grab a blue chip vet, maybe a Trey Turner. I know he's not, or, or a Ryan Zerman kind of type guy, instantly buy and sell as many shares as you'd like and as many players as you would like, simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and sign up today to get started. Sign up at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, the excitement, and this new profitable way of sports trading. This truly is an evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit in the sidelines any longer. Get in on the game at sportstrade.com. Speaking of getting in on the game, Locker Room is a great thing you've got to get in on. This episode's brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans the app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sports. So you go on there, you pick interests like MLB, NHL, and then when you go on there, there you know, you'll see rooms available to you under each thing. You can hop in and listen and join in on the conversation. Locker Room is a perfect place to start or join a conversation about the league you love. You'll find fans just like yourself on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, uh, reacting big news or rumors or trivia if you join us every week we talk trades we talk trivia we talk a great clip last week where we discussed um we discussed rules that we would change uh our you know our favorite rule our least favorite rules 
uh, playoff expansion, and then we did a little bit of trivia to wrap it up. So in an hour, we talked about, you know, we had some good laughs. Sully from Locked On MLB was in there. Dan Wilson from Locked On Phillies was in there. Uh, and, you know, we have a pretty normal group that comes in and does trivia as well. It's been great to get to know those folks. So you guys can come join us on Locker Room. You know, Locked On Nationals podcast is on their Locker Room every single week. Make sure you guys sign up there and then follow me on there. I'm Josh Neighbors. I'll follow you back as well. Go to download Locker Room app now on your iOS devices. I also believe they've got that Android beta out now. So go check that out. The Locker Room app available wherever you guys get your apps. All right, so the Braves, um, you know, I think it's, it's bears mentioning because the, it was a rough weekend for the Braves in, in multiple respects. They're 24 and 26. They are three and a half games out of first place in the division. And the big news, I mean, three and a half games out, 24 and 26, they're technically in second place. Um, the big news for them is that Marcel Ozuna, and I'm sure a lot of you all saw this, was arrested yesterday. And the details are very, I mean, they're horrific. Uh, this I'm just going to read from Jeff Passan at ESPN. Atlanta Braves outfielder Marcel Ozuna was arrested Saturday and charged with felony assault after he choked his wife and threw her against a wall, according to Sandy Springs, Georgia police, who said they witnessed the incident. Police charged a 30-year-old Ozuna, who is being held in Fulton County Jail with aggravated assault by strangulation with a felony that carries a minimum of three years and a maximum of 20 years in prison in misdemeanor battery. The details of the alleged assault put into question Ozuna's future in baseball, with sources telling ESPN that Major League Baseball will launch an investigation that could result in a significant suspension. Further sources said the police is, uh, police is reported witnessing the incident uh, that could prompt the Braves to attempt to convert Ozuna's four-year, $65 million contract to non-guaranteed. Um, this is, and here are the details, and they're, they're very graphic. These are the officers reporting. So at 12.26 p.m. Saturday, Sandy Springs police reported a 911 call and entered Ozuna's home after hearing screaming inside, according to the department's accounts, the incident. The officers, uh, the officers, Really said, quote, witnessed the suspect grabbing the victim by the neck and throwing her against a wall. In addition to, uh, to the strangulation attempts, the suspect also struck the victim with his, hand, his arm, which was also in a cast from a previous injury, end quote. So the Braves placed Ozuna on the injury list uh, earlier this week with two broken fingers from an errant slide. His wife, police said, did have visible injuries but was not transported to the hospital. So um, this is something where... Once again, you're innocent until proven guilty into this country. There's, you know, I think there are a lot of people right now that are saying the Braves should automatically, at this point in time, um, just cut him. And look, it, this stuff, you know, this stuff, all this stuff holds up 100%. But you do, I think um, it's just fair as an employer sometimes to say, look, you're on suspension, indefinite suspension uh, from your job right now, unpaid, right? And this is obviously, you know, an investigation like this. It's definitely. You know, it's definitely warranted. And then if, the, if you're sure and, and as an a, a organization you investigate and you talk to law enforcement officials and you get confirmation that this is what happens, right, do your due diligence, as soon as you know, then it's time to cut them loose, right? I know, you know, I talk about innocent until proven guilty, and this all doesn't have to play out in court, right? You know, there are some times in, in domestic cases where somebody doesn't want to press charges, right, or certain situations uh, make it to where, you know, guys don't see prison time, right? Or guys, you know, there, there's no legal recourse um, at points, you know, and I'm not saying I'm a lawyer, not really totally familiar with it. We've seen guys get off this kind of stuff. But obviously, you know, as an organization, if you just know this kind of behavior happened, you cut him loose. And I'll be honest, I don't think uh, Marcelo Zuna is going to be playing Major League Baseball um, anytime soon. I doubt again. Now, there are several guys in the MLB currently who have 
uh, had domestic violence issues and are still currently playing baseball. And it's one of those things across sports where it always just depends on the situation, right? There's no video of this. There actually might be from the body cams from the police, but uh, you know, no video available right now. But remember Joe Mixon running back who plays for Cincinnati. He had something like this, and it's on video of him punching a woman But they, uh, while he was at Oklahoma, and um, he is still in the league. Now, would I have him on my team? Hell no. I would not want him anywhere near my franchise, anywhere near my team. I would not want that at all. But uh, teams are willing to give guys second chance. Tyreek Hill, another great example. Guy's got a checkered pass. Frank Clark, guy the checkered past, who has been able to, you know, uh, made made big money in, in the uh, in the NFL. Um, you know, Aralus Chapman is a guy, obviously that, that, that has had issues with domestic violence in the past. It's a you know Jose Reyes even had it when he went back to the Mets. So um, this is. Unfortunately, something that we hear a good deal about, and it's really upsetting and, and awful. And I think Major League Baseball needs to uh, needs to address this because it's become a they they've got to they've got to be a bit more heavy handed because sitting guys eighty games is a big issue. I mean, this is a list of players who have been suspended. This is since twenty sixteen. Chapman thirty games. Reyes fifty one games. Hector Oliveira. Uh, 82 games. Juris Familia, 15 games. Derek Norris, uh, 2017. You get out the rest of the season. I forgot how much time it was. Stephen Wright, 15. Jose Torres, 100. Roberto Ozuna, 75. Addison Russell, 40. Odubel Herrera, 85. Uh, Julio Urias, 20. Domingo Herman, 81. Sam Dyson, who's a free agent, uh, 162 games. So this is a problem. I know it's not what the, you know. It's not a big number. Super widespread, but. These suspensions, it's really not much. And I think, um, you know, we see it with Chapman, and then Reyes even came back for a while, and Familia right now, and a guy like, uh, you know, Odubel Herrera, and Julio Urias, and Domingo Herman. It really doesn't matter. As long as you're a talented player, these guys will always get second chances. And that doesn't sit always super well with me, I'm not saying guys should you know, be condemned for life, but um, to me, it's just bad business, and you're trying to cultivate a culture of winning, having guys who, you know, guys who did that is tough. I mean, especially if you're in a bunch of people in the locker room or husbands and fathers, uh, sometimes of young women, you know, you know, if they have daughters. I mean, that's, that can, that can create some tension, I feel like, uh, in, in a setting like that. And, you know, would you be comfortable if you if you knew that kind of stuff about your coworker? I don't know. If you're a boss, having that known about your employee. I know in sports different because it's so much performance-based and what's what the fans want, but, you know, I went to a Chiefs game when I was uh, at the University of Missouri, and seeing seven, hearing seventy thousand people chant the name of Tyreek Hill, even somebody next to me, a complete stranger, was like, "This is this feels wrong." Like knowing what we know feels really wrong. So, I I um, I hope the Braves do the right thing, and I think we're going to hear a decision on this coming down in the next few days about this kind of situation. So that's where the Braves are right now with that. That's the biggest piece of news for them. And I think it's important that I mention that because that's really bigger than any kind of baseball game, to be honest. That's, that's that trumps everything. It's just something that in our sport we got to clean up a bit more of. Um, right now, the Braves they've lost back to back games. They only played one against the Mets this weekend, and they lost thirteen to two. So it was difficult for them, but they are playing a bit better as of late. There is the situation with Mike Soroka where it's is he out for the year? Is he out for the year? We don't know. But once again, they're twenty four and twenty six, three and a half games out. Right now, they are uh, they have a minus two run differential. They've scored 243, given up 245, so a really good offense. Uh, it's one of the better offenses. You know, it's t- 
just towards the top in the National League, uh, but the pitching has just been rough. In terms of a runs allowed standpoint, they're one of the worst in the NL. They're 5-5 five and five in the last 10. Like I said, they've lost back-to-back games. Who's doing well for the Atlanta Braves? Well, I'm sure if you guys have been watching any baseball at all, you know that Ronald Acuna has been an absolute star this year. On the season, he is hitting 278 with 15 homers and 32 runs driven in. Acuna has absolutely been the best offensive player for the Braves just from an all-around standpoint. Now, he did cool down in the month of May, but his last three games, he's got four hits, so he's trying to heat back up just a little bit. But he's off to a red-hot start. The first in April, he's hitting 341. Last month of May, he's hit 210, but still... You got those seven homers. You got those 14 RBI. He's hitting 210 in the month of May with a 305 on base. So he is, he's been there. I mean, I think pillar to post, you could say their most productive player at least. And the guy's a star. It feels like a heat back up really at any time that he's wanted to. But the guy I think that people are not surprised about, but really has been uh, a, a, such a great performer for them this year has been Austin Riley. This guy came into the year. He hit 299 in April and boosted at 326 the month of May. He's hitting 313 overall. The third baseman is. And uh, this season, by far, at least at the start of it, has been the best of his young career. Just 24 years old. And it's a great reminder that this Braves team across the board is really young. Um, with the pitching, with the hitting, I mean, you got some vets on the team, obviously. You got to think about a guy like a Freddie Freeman. Dansby Swanson's been around for a bit. Now, you know, I remember Dansby when he was at at Vanderbilt, but he's been around, uh, you know, a little bit. Uh, Travis Darno has been around a little bit, but still, you've got so many young players on this team, especially when it comes to that lineup with Albies and uh, and and with Austin Riley. And then you think about, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Ronald Acuna Jr. So this is a this is a lineup that's that's you've got a good balance between vets um, and older guys, but they also, once again, the youth that they have is pretty impressive. The pitching is has been their tough spot. Ian Anderson's been good this year. Charlie Morton has has been getting better. The guy that I watched so far this season has been so impressed by is Huskar Enoa. Uh, this young fella has burst on the scene just 23 years old, and he has struggled lately. Uh, but, you, you know, think about those first few starts that he made this year, or at least the beginning of the season. He was excellent. That month of April he had, he had a 2.96 ERA, um, I know his last outing against against Milwaukee didn't go well. Four and a third innings, nine hits, five runs. Um, but overall, he has had an excellent, excellent year. And, you know, he's 3 12 ERA on the season. He's been a consistent starter for them over the course of the year. And I don't think they expected this to be the guy that was uh, going to deliver for them. But in the absence of a Mike Soroka, he has been a pretty important part of what they're doing here. Drew Smiley. Not been great. Max Freed has struggled as well this year. Trying to get Charlie Morton back on the right track, but this has been a team for the uh, you know for for the most part that really has struggled the bullpen um, and just pitching overall. It's not been a strong suit of the Braves this year. So that's kind of what the Nationals are facing. But you have to mention here, and I I can't believe I haven't mentioned it yet. The Nationals are one in five against the Atlanta Braves so far in six games they've played this season. The only win the Nats got first game of the season against the Braves that had come from behind to get that win. And so right now, uh, this is a difficult task for the Nats coming up. All right, take a break. When we come back, we touch on some some stuff for the Washington Nationals and just some notes the month of May and kind of stuff going forward. Because there's been a lot of negativity, especially on this podcast, just because of the play. And let's be honest, it's, it's been fair. The criticism has been warranted. But I kind of want to mention some positive things that have been happening for the Nationals, at least in the last month. 
First, we have one more word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar out there right now. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your next purchase at builtbar.com. All right, so I do want to highlight some things for the Nationals in the month of May that went well. So one thing that went great was Trey Turner's performance. 27 games, he hit 318 um, and four homers, 17 RBI, nine walks. He's been really such a strong performer this year. Seven stolen bases as well. His performance has been excellent, and uh, any support I think for him would be would be nice at this point. Juan, I know he's doing his best, but it was it was not a best month for Juan Soto, but still, uh, Trey has been excellent. Also, Ryan Zimmerman's been excellent. Uh, he's been excellent all year long, but this month he was great. 302 batting average, two homers, eight RBI in 16 games, only 43 played appearances, but still driving in eight runs. He's been productive in the time that he's played. Victor Robles was playing very well. He was hitting 271 and 48 ABs. Um, he had four runs driven in, 14 strikeouts, which is not great, but still he had been doing a great job. 271, 352 on base percentage. So Victor Robles was doing his job at the bottom of the order, and it looks like he's been getting close to making a return, but still I think we should highlight his strong play in the month. Jan Gomes had a strong month as well in 21 games. He hit 267 uh, with R- nine RBI, three home runs in the month. So he had a strong performance uh, this month, I, I I think it's fair to say, and that this, that's kind of the yawn that we expected to see this year. Josh Bell really improved his performance in this month, hitting 265 to 315 on base, four homers and 15 RBI. They need more of that from him. He needs to increase that output. Um, and look, that that was a good month for him. He had a very good month. It's just consistency that needs to be there. But that month of Josh Bell is what they're, you know, he doesn't have to be 265, but as, as long as he's, you know, hovering around mid-250s and kind of in that area and just producing – that's what they need. Um, and Josh Harrison as well, another strong month. Not quite the hot start that he had, but uh, 258 on the month. So Josh Harrison getting it done a little bit. Stevenson hit 251. Soto took a step back at 247 in the month. Still recovering from that injury, in my opinion. Still hasn't, hasn't looked right since, but the excuses are over. He needs, to, he needs to keep playing at that high level. 247, though, with a 373 on base, pretty good. He's getting a lot of walks, 17 walks in the month. Um, for Juan Soto. Kyle Schwarber hit 245, seven homers, 18 RBI. That's exactly what Kyle Schwarber has to do. That's the kind of output they're looking from him. Not going to be a high average guy, but in a lot of situations, you know, home runs, driving guys in. He has the most runs driven in in the month for anybody else on the team. That's where they need him to be at this point of time. That's that's really what they want to see. So there were some encouraging offensive signs in the month, but the problem is holistically on a day-to-day basis, they're not putting it together. And it seems like when the pitching's good, the hitting's not, and vice versa. Uh, and so they've had a lot of issues, especially the last six games with that offense. Now, in the month of May, pitching-wise, a little bit of a, of a different story for the Nationals this month. Um, one thing that's been consistent over the course of the entire year, but also the month, but uh, Max Scherzer. He was in six starts, 39 innings pitched, 1.83 ERA. Fantastic, 57 Ks. It's a 13, uh, it's K per nine rate, 13, 13 flat. So he's been fantastic, plus with a 0.74 whip. And over the course of the month, Patrick Corbin getting better, uh, 4.29 uh, ERA. Hit numbers for him still very up in the six starts. John Lester struggled ERA around six, as did Joe Ross in the month. Eric Fetty didn't get much work. Austin Voth was very positive this month. 
continues to, to pitch very solidly out of the bullpen. Daniel Hudson had a great month, save his last outing that he made. Strasburg starting to look good in the month. He's only made two starts and only pitched 10 innings, but still 2.61 on the ERA, starting to look like an old self again, slowly but surely he's climbing that way. And Paulo Espino, as well as Sam Clay, had great months. So, uh, you know, not a ton of sample size, but those guys did pitch well. I think that was, uh, I think that's something that that's that bears mentioning uh, for, for the performances of the Washington Nationals. So I know it's been difficult, but uh, that's kind of the, the situation coming into this is, look, everything's got to shape up. They need to round out their game. The, the pitching is bad and the hitting's good. Hitting's bad. The pitching has been decent enough. They've got to get the, the two working in concert. Uh, I've said that a bunch, but really kind of the simplicity of it. You know, the hit runner scoring position, um, you know, bullpen needs to stay strong as, as well and try to stay healthy too. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals for the account and also myself personally at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.